Going In Raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. What's up, it's your girl Sasha Banks, legit boss, but you're watching Going In Raw. Like that? What's up? This is the most must see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. Marie. And you are going in SmackDown Live. This Ugh. is the glorious one, Bobby Roode, and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, friendos and Larson. No Steve today. He's off in Orlando at a thing making friends with people you probably saw on Twitter. But, anyways, I'm doing great. Hope everybody's doing well. Welcome to Going In Raw, uh, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. Available at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. Also on CastBox. Uh, we got a great partnership with CastBox. It's a great app. You should definitely check it out. And anywhere else, podcasts are available. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash and Larson. All sorts of awesome reward tiers, one of which is getting this show ad-free. Every patron on our Patreon gets all these live streams ad-free. Don't have to watch YouTube ads. I think it's great. I don't like ads either. Um, we're also at Pro Wrestling Tees, ProWrestlingTees.com slash GoingInRaw, and also FriendoMarket.com. Enough with the plugs. Um, a couple programming notes. Steve's not here today. He won't be here tomorrow either. Um, so we got a couple special guests uh, Friday morning live stream will be joined by the one the only luchando assuming he doesn't cancel on me um also for the saturday uh 10 things you should know show right now your h champion adam mayhem will fill this chair so even though steve's not here exciting stuff on the horizon here at going and raw also sunday We'll be doing a live reaction stream to Hell in a Cell. I'm going to be turning this way, looking towards where Steve would usually be sitting a lot today because that's just my natural thing I do. It's habitual. Uh, Sunday, Hell in a Cell live reaction stream um, starting around 4 o'clock p.m. and uh, going until the show ends. Hopefully it'll be fun. I hope so. Anyways, thank you everybody who's joined me here today. It's just me. Never done a solo show before, so it should be fun or interesting. Um, but uh, how's everybody doing? I'm doing well. A couple of solid, no, excellent episodes of 205 Live at NXT yesterday. Um, before we get into that, take some super chats real quick, and then we'll get into the recaps. First, Jeffrey Nguyen says, I missed out on the other undercover elements. I did too. They seem really hard to get. Not a whole lot of uh, online retailers selling them online uh next dj chicken 214 solo larson going in raw is in beard mode uh planet mars hi larson i interviewed austin gunn son of billy gunn on my show the mars tv podcast you and the friendo should check that out that sounds like a great idea i will uh wayne maker says won't watch mayhem he's not my champ he is in fact everybody's hate champion Wayne Maker. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to the show. 
So uh, 205 Live, another awesome, 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 awesome episode. Um, consistently, some of the best wrestling in all of WWE happens on 205 Live. They got a good mix and have for a long time, ever since they kind of did the reboot um, post-Enzo, where they got all these good, interesting characters, and it's the characters who motivate the matches. They don't worry so much about over-the-top personalities, even though they do exist on 205 Live, because a lot of them are showing up on Raw nowadays. Um but it's all it, it, it's it's far more grounded stuff, and I appreciate that. And ninety percent of what happens on two hundred five live is based on competition in the ring. Uh, Buddy Murphy versus Grand Metalik kicked off the show. You got Buddy Murphy, who is the juggernaut of two hundred five live, who who is like the strong guy along with Tony Nice, the body guys um, of two hundred five live, and you got Grand Metalik who wrestles a pretty traditional lucha style. And so you got a battle of styles here. Uh, Grand Metalik started off with a bunch of lucha moves. Um, he goes for a baseball slide to the outside where Buddy Murphy's hanging out. Um, Buddy uh, ducks under it, gets the upper hand, and then he starts to overpower Grand Metalik, um, eventually driving his head into the ring post. Uh, Metalik gets the upper hand and then uh, hits a sunset flip powerbomb, followed up by more awesome lucha stuff. Um, Metalik hits the second rope moonsault, goes to the top rope for another one. Instead of pinning, Buddy knocks him off the top turnbuckle and crotches him on the turnbuckle thing. I don't know what it's called. That rod there. Anyways, uh, Metalik hits a Metalik driver. Buddy Murphy kicks out. Um, and the finish sub, Buddy Murphy catches, catching uh, a kick from Grand Metalik. Um, he sends Grand Metalik backwards. Metalik does a backflip, but upon landing, he tweaks his knee um, uh, as he stumbles backwards towards the rope. Buddy Murphy uh, hits a running knee on Grand Metalik, followed up with Murphy's Law, picks up the win. After the match, Buddy Murphy grabs a mic, drops a promo, uh, hyping up his match for Super Showdown coming up on October 6th, I think, um, from his hometown of Melbourne, Australia. Um, and I'll get to this a bit more at the end. But I can see a scenario, I don't know how plausible it is, but I think a scenario may exist where Buddy Murphy could walk out of Super Showdown as Cruiserweight Champion. Again, we'll talk about it later. There might be a whiteboard involved. Stay tuned. Um, on another subject matter, are we ever going to get these 205 Live tag titles? It seems like um, uh, Lucha House Party has kind of been you know, the, 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 the trio's team that served as the centerpiece for this would-be tag division. I just wonder if it's ever going to happen. We've seen um, several teams form, uh, enter into feuds with Lucha House Party. Uh, by and large, they all seem to disband following this their feud, whereas Lucha House Party remains a thing, which is great because they're fantastic, but I just wonder if they're ever going to follow through on some sort of, whether it be traditional tag title, tornado tag title, trios title, something um and also uh, uh after the conclusion of the body guys lucha house party feud i certainly hope the body guys don't break up just based on the fact that tony nice called them the body guys i want them to continue as body guys team in perpetuity or at least until buddy murphy gets called up to the main roster because they're great together uh next uh mustafa ali he's back he's been cleared for in-ring action he's preparing um, for uh, his match later on, uh, in walks Cedric Alexander. And Mustafa Ali says to him, 
Cedric, I really wish that it was I, Mustafa Ali, tagging with you in the main event. And Cedric says, uh, you know, I know. Um, however, I feel good about my tag team partner. Camera pan is over. There's Akira Tozawa. He smiles, waves uh, towards Cedric and Ali. They wave back. Um, uh, Cedric and Mustafa exchange some pleasantries. Mustafa has to go out for his match. And then uh, Cedric and Akira Tozawa just exchange the ha ha battle cry back and forth several times. Uh, next, we have Mustafa Ali versus Michael Thompson. Now, before this match started, Hideo Itami walks out to the stage uh, and delivers an awesome, awesome promo. Um, his character work of late has been great. He seems to have really settled into his heel role pretty comfortably. Um, and I love when he uh, starts his promos. Generally speaking, I think he starts in Japanese and it's awesome. And then he transitions uh, to English and he tells Mustafa Ali that he missed him and that he hopes he's feeling better and then he wishes him luck and then he laughs maniacally. It's great. Hideo Itami is awesome, doing awesome work these days. Um, naturally, Mustafa Ali, is, you know, he's taken on some local enhancement talent, so it's not much of a challenge for Mustafa. He is the heart of 205 Live after all. Um, nonetheless, he is somewhat distracted by Hideo Itami the entire match. He'll do a couple moves on Michael Thompson, you know, look over to Itami, talk some trash, uh, stare him down a little bit because um, Hideo is still standing on the top of the stage. Um, this allows Michael Thompson a couple opportunities to get some shots in, but it's not enough. Uh, Mustafa Ali has a super kick, a tornado DDT in 054 for the win. I'm eagerly anticipating this match between Mustafa Ali and Hideo Itami whenever it happens in the near future because their previous match, what, about a month ago? Fantastic. Great stuff. Um, next, Drake Maverick is backstage. Um, in walks Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher. Um, Drake tells Gulak and Jack uh, he doesn't want any chaos tonight, um, kind of what happened last week. And at first, Drew was going to argue the point, and he says, no, let's put the past in the past. Um, and he, you know, gives a shout out to Brian Kendrick, who apparently is home with an injury, uh, that was suffered at the hands of Akira Tozawa. I don't know why that happened. Um, and then, uh, Jack Gallagher suggests that Drake Maverick might be a bit preoccupied with his new role as manager of authors of pain because he's not given 205 live the, uh, the attention it needs, nay, demands. Um, Drake says, oh no, that's not true. In fact, if you want... I can call AOP right now and, 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 and get a meeting set up so you can um, make these suggestions to AOP yourself, Jack Gallagher. To which Jack Gallagher says, no, 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 that's fine. I'll take your word for it, Drake Maverick. Uh, next, I can't wait for this. I cannot wait for, for Noam Dar versus Leo Rush. It's going to happen next week. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen the, uh, the video. I think Noam Dar posted on his Twitter of himself and Leo Rush talking trash to each other while in the men's room. It's hilarious. It's great. Both their short little iPhone promos were very good. Um, Noam Dar talking about how uh, he was at one point, you know, the, the, the hot young up-and-comer on 205 Live. Um, Leo Rush told Noam Dar that he's already past his prime. So, uh, Great start to what I'm hoping is an awesome match and a great feud. Uh, I'm getting really excited about it. I think it'll be great. Absolutely great. Um, that brings us to our main event. 
Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher versus Akira Tozawa and Cedric Alexander. Drew Gulak can be pretty darn intense. It's pretty amazing how he's gone from being PowerPoint presentation guy, basically a comedy act um, within the span of the last eight months, to being mean. Mean Drew. Mean Drew Gulak. Um, and it's something that 205 Live has kind of been missing ever since Neville left. Granted, Buddy Murphy can do a uh, uh, mean but he doesn't project it quite like Drew Gulak does. Throughout this entire match, Drew was being absolutely vicious, um, laying uh, some shots in on both Akira Tozawa and Cedric Alexander. And post-match, the, the trash talk he was dealing out to Cedric was something else. Just, just, just begging Cedric to step to him. Step to him. So anyways, let's go through this match, and I have some ideas about what could happen next week. That could lead to Drew Gulak maybe being Cruiserweight champion. So early on, Akira Tozawa is in the ring. Uh, Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher pretty much isolate him completely, pummel him in the corner, beat him up all over the ring, um, keep him away from Cedric. Um, eventually, Cedric does hit a DDT on Drew Gulak, hot tag to Cedric, um, and he hits a, a, a back elbow and a neuralizer on Jack Gallagher, who had tagged in as well. Um, Cedric hits a Spanish fly, think that might be the match because that's how he beat Jack Gallagher previously. No, Drew Gulak breaks up the pinfall. Um, right after that, Gulak gets right up in Cedric's face and just stares at him. And he slowly gets out of the ring. Um, serves as a bit of a distraction. Um, Gallagher tries to take advantage to no avail. Um, Gulak gets back in the ring. Uh, as he's doing so, he eats the clothesline. Um, but this is just enough of a distraction so Jack Gallagher could follow right up um, and hit a corner drop kick. On Cedric, Akira Tozawa, though, comes in to break up the pin. Um, Cedric kicks out of this kind of high-low combo from Gulak and Gallagher, where Gallagher kind of did a penalty kick to Cedric's calf, and then uh, uh, Gulak did a, a clothesline. Um, Akira Tozawa is tagged in. He hits a, a top-rope missile drop kick to Gallagher. Um, Cedric clotheslines, uh, clotheslines Gulak and himself outside. Uh, the finish saw... Uh, oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Tozawa follows it up with a suicide dive, goes for the top rope senton, but Gulak pulls Jack Gallagher out of the ring, saving him from certain defeat. Um, Gallagher and Gulak then focus on Cedric outside of the ring, just beat him all over the place, tosses him into the ring post. Um, and then back in the ring, Gallagher hits a headbutt on uh, Akira, and then he drags him to the corner, tags in Gulak. Uh, Drew applies the Gulak, Tozawa is forced to tap. All in all, a really fun match. Um, sometimes you get these tag matches that are kind of put together, especially since Tozawa isn't really uh, directly involved in this storyline with Cedric Alexander and Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher. Um, nonetheless, I mean, Akira Tozawa is a great wrestler. He and, and Cedric had some quality chemistry together. Um, so it was a really fun match, and it really enhanced the story of, of Drew Gulak essentially bullying his way into another cruiserweight Title opportunity. So after the match ends, we go backstage. Drake Maverick is back there. Um, he's being interviewed, and he sets the match up. It will be Cedric versus Drew next week for the Cruiserweight title. Now, they've been saying, and that's one of the things they've been pushing with Cedric, is that he's undefeated so far in 2018. Will that winning streak come to an end? Maybe. So they've been advertising... Um, 
Buddy Murphy versus Cedric at Super Showdown in Melbourne, Australia. It's Buddy Murphy's hometown. Buddy Murphy is going to get a face reaction in his hometown. Um, the problem is, is that I'm pretty sure WWE wants Cedric Alexander to be top face on 205 Live. And since they're promoting Super Showdown as such a huge show, the possibility exists they may not want their top face on that brand to be booed or at least not cheered by 70 to 80,000 people. So imagine this. Here, I'll produce the whiteboard and see if I can diagram all of this out in any way legibly. So right now, you got Cedric as champ. And then next week, he's taking on Drew. Drew. What is Drew, though? He is a heel. You know who uh, will definitely get booed in Australia versus Buddy Murphy? Drew. So if they're thinking short term, which they really haven't given us any indication that might be the case, we could see Drew pick up the win at, uh, on 205 Live next week, become new champ so that he... That's a terrible arrow there. There we go. Can take on Murphy in Australia. So either win or lose, they're going to get the heel face dynamic they want for Drew and Buddy. And then if they want to get that title back to Cedric at some point, they can always do that at Survivor Series, have a triple threat match involving everybody. I don't know the likelihood that that's going to happen. But the potential is there if they really want to uh, give Buddy Murphy a really warm hometown welcome from the Melbourne crowd. Again, the chances of that happening, I don't know. I'd like to hear what everybody, uh, everybody thinks about it. But uh, uh, I think it'd be interesting if it were to happen. Um, so, oops, I just got marked around Sting. Sorry, Sting. So it is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is much harder doing a whiteboard segment with only one person. Woo! Anyways. So let me know what you think about this scenario, whether we could see Drew Gulak pick up that Cruiserweight title next week on 205 Live. He's been doing outstanding work. I mean, he's really, I mean, he's been doing it for a while, even back at the, in the PowerPoint presentation days. Drew Gulak managed to always consistently build himself up as a captivating character, uh, a viable threat in the ring, um, and you combine those two things, and that's championship material. Um, it's just a—it's it, not a matter of if; it's a matter of when they want to kind of follow through on that. Because even back when he was kind of teasing feud with Enzo, the crowd was getting behind him, um, and so I think people would buy into uh, Drew as champion um, if and when they want to do it. Um, and it would, it would give Cedric something different to do, seeing as how he's been more or less completely dominant the entire year. Um, if, uh, you know, we, we, we see a situation where they give this match maybe half an hour next week. It's brutal. It's vicious. It's violent. Physical. Um, in the end of the day, uh, Gulak just sinks in that Gulak too deep 
Cedric can't get out. Give him the, uh, the, the face loss where he passes out. Drew is champion. And then if you really want that strong heel face dynamic in Australia for Buddy Murphy, um, again, win or lose, um, then have Drew walk in as champion. Um, and then Buddy's going to get a great pop. And I'm sure that's going to be huge for him. Um, so we'll see if it pans out next week. Um, I would say the odds of it happening are maybe like 35, 40% right now, but we'll see. That could change. Could improve. Could drastically decrease. Who knows? Anyways, before we continue, we got some words for our sponsor, 4hims.com. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots yet? If there are, you're not alone. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And the thing is, when you start noticing hair loss, it's too late. So why turn to weird solutions or do nothing when you can turn to medicine and science? 4hims.com is the one-stop shop for men for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Him connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements, only prescription solutions backed by science. And it's easy. Answer a few questions, a doctor will review your order, and products are shipped directly to your door. That means no awkward in-person doctor visits and no waiting rooms. Save time by going to 4 And now, listeners of Going In Raw can get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash G-I-R. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash G-I-R. Again, that's 4 slash G-I-R. And thanks to 4 for sponsoring today's show. And it really helps Going In Raw to check out the products at 4 slash G-I-R. Next, NXT. Show kicks off with Tommaso Ciampa walking through the Full sale parking lot impromptu press conference, or at least one person is trying to ask him some questions. He was having none of it. No selling every question. Just walking in silence, I would assume, to the locker room. He's really the best heel in the business right now. He's so good. His promo was great. He's going to start really getting over now that he has music special. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about the music later because I think it's awesome. Uh, first match of the night was Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Adrian Jaud and Cesar Bononi. Um, Lorcan and Birch have new Titantrons, a new Titantron, and Bononi is sporting a brand new mustache. Uh, this match pretty much went as you think it would. Um, Birch picked up the win over Adrian after uh, he and Lorcan did like a combo high angle DDT. They pretty much dropped him right in his head. It didn't look fun at all. Um, so Lorcan and Birch are still getting a bit of a push, which is good because they're fantastic. And uh, I like that they're, they're pairing up Adrian Jaud and Cesar Benoni. Apparently they've been doing, they've been uh, tagging together on the Florida house show loop. So it'll be interesting to see um, what they end up doing together. Um, next, Tommaso Ciampa comes down the ring. He has music now. And it's great. It rocks. It's got some orchestral hits. It's like uh, uh, cinematic but villainous too, it's really good. I mean, if I'm being honest, I do miss the chorus of booze. But I guess you can only really do that for so long. Because at what point, maybe they're already at this point, I've really been paying that close attention, where 
if you're a heel who's doing awesome work, the crowd starts to appreciate your work. So they start cheering your work, even though they're supposed to boo the heel. Instead of getting a chorus of boos, you're going to get a chorus of half boos harmonized with some cheers. I'm sure they don't want that. So that's probably why he has music now, because they're sensing that that shift is going to happen. Um, anyways, Champa, he starts his promo addressing the new music. And he says this new music is his polite way of telling the crowd to shut up, to stop booing him. So he, he, they give him a great song. He's on the verge of maybe getting uh, some, some, some uh, appreciative uh, cheers. And he comes out and talks trash to the crowd to justify his music. Again, best heel in the business right now. Uh, next, Champa addressed the rumors that he was the one who attacked Aleister Black. But he says he only attacks people on a large scale and full of cameras. So all eyes are on him. So he couldn't have done it. Um, and then he says, oh, the belt is talking to me. The title says, thank you, Champa. Felt good to be back in the main event of TakeOver. Ooh. Of course, he's referencing that uh, Alistair Black's two title defenses, I think it was two, um, were not the main event at TakeOver. Uh, in, in conclusion, he says, quote, if you want to be a champion, then follow the lead of Tommaso Ciampa. All right. Uh, in the end, uh, he walks out of the ring Everybody's booing him. Well, most people are booing him. There's some people cheering him. I'd probably cheer him if I was there. Uh, he walks by this kid holding a Champa Suck sign and just snatches it out of his hands. Kid uh, is shocked. People in the vicinity of, of, of this event, shocked. Uh, again, best heel. He's so good. I would cheer him because he's awesome. He's fantastic. It was a great promo. Uh, next, uh, making her NXT debut, Violet Payne versus Shayna Baszler, so we know who's going to win this match. Uh, before the match even starts, the crowd chants, Shayna's going to kill you. And as soon as the bell rings, Shayna just runs towards Violet Payne, gets her on the ground, ground to pound. She starts working over Payne's arm, uh, twisting it in all sorts of, of, of awful-looking ways. And commentary is really selling it every time that Baszler would put a little extra torque on, on either the elbow or the shoulder joint. They were just, they were being super squeamish about it. Really selling that she knows how to manipulate joints. Um, she stomps on Payne's arm, um, puts her right in, in her rear naked choke, and uh, Payne taps out pretty quick, but Shayna won't let go. Uh, brings some refs down, she eventually does. She leaves the ring, goes maybe, I don't know, a quarter or halfway up the ramp, turns around, comes back, puts Payne in the clutch again. Again, you got referees and, and officials trying to break it up. She does. Does like a it's still in the ring, mind you, a brief little circle, and then goes back and puts the clutch right back on. Um, it's obvious that Shayna has 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 is angry about losing the title to Kyrie Sane, and she's going to probably take it out on everybody else in the NXT Women's Division until they have their rematch. Um, it's 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 Shayna Baszler with a renewed sense of anger and viciousness, and it's pretty entertaining. The crowd was pretty into it. Next, heavy machinery outside full sail. Um, they're doing a little iPhone video um, and uh, Tucker Knight declares their mission is to find Alistair Black's attacker and Otis thinks it's oh what do you call him Tomato Champ I think it was referencing Tommaso Ciampa and so they start talking while they think it's him up walks Tommaso Ciampa confronts them uh, challenges Otis to a fight right then William Regal walks in breaks them up um, and he says oh nice for you to show up Tommaso I want to see you in my office. We haven't had a chance to chat about this Alistair Black business yet. 
next, oh, this was so good. Undisputed Era promo. Gosh darn it, these guys are the best. So Roderick Strong starts off talking about how War Raiders are kind of playing hide-and-seek with Undisputed Era because they're attacking them from behind. And Roddy says something to the effect of, little do they know, I play hide-and-seek with my son all the time, and I always win. And then uh, I think Bobby Fish chimes in saying, Undisputed Era can't hide. They're too famous. To which Kyle O'Reilly said, I'm too famous to buy groceries. And everybody kind of agrees. They're so good together. The chemistry between all four of them is so good. Gosh, they, gosh. Adam, Steve got to meet Adam Cole today. I'm happy for you, Steve. Uh, Adam Cole then uh, hypes up the Ricochet and Pete Dunn match next week, but calls it the Adam Cole Invitational, saying it doesn't matter who wins because they're going to face Adam Cole, and after that match, he's going to be a double champion, which he should be. He's a member of the Undisputed Era. They should have all the belts. So that's awesome, and that's undisputed. Next, we had Lars Sullivan versus Raul Mendoza. Uh, I was kind of expecting this to be a straight-up squash match because that's kind of what Lars Sullivan uh, does. Um, but I'm really happy that they gave Raul Mendoza plenty of opportunities to get some offense in because he's really smooth and he's really good in the ring. Um, I wish they would kind of give him some – have something more for him to do because he's so good. Um, so he starts out – Raul, that is, starts out with some uh, fast-paced offense. Um, but then Lars pretty quickly turns the table with three beals where he just tosses them three quarters away across the ring. It looks painful. Uh, uh, Lars starts uh, asserting his physical dominance over Raul. Raul eventually makes a comeback, culminating in a springboard drop kick. He tries another move. Lars catches him, hits him uh, with a pop-up power slam, and then it's a handful of cross faces from Lars. Freak accident. Lars wins. Um not sure who they're going to have be the attacker for uh, Alistair Black. I mean, Lars was it last week's more or less said, no, it wasn't me. So I don't know. I don't know. Seems like we should do a power ranking on that subject at some point. After that, Pete Dunn interview in parking lot. Um, so uh, the interviewer asked Pete Dunn what his mindset is like going into his match against Ricochet next week. And he says, oh, my mindset's fine. Everything that happened two weeks ago was Ricochet's fault. I absolve myself of any responsibility for losing that match. Um, and he said he's more concerned with finding a way to, to hold both titles he's going to win in his mouth. It's a great line. Uh, that's followed up with a Ricochet interview. He uh, kind of responds to what Pete Dunn had to say. And he says that Pete is just another mountain that I have to climb to be the one and only two-time champion in NXT history. Next, we got our uh, a first video package about the Forgotten Sons. It looked like they were hanging around in some sort of, uh, like I don't know, like a junkyard or something like that. Um, and there's a voiceover, you know, kind of uh, giving some, some background to what their characters may be about. Interesting, to, interested to see more. I'm not that familiar with um, Gunner's work in TNA because I don't watch TNA. Um, but uh, Wesley Blake, um, you know, he and Buddy Murphy were a tag team in NXT few years back, former uh, tag champs, um, and, and he, he can do some decent work. He actually, he, uh, he actually had a pretty good match at a house show here in Sacramento once against Ty Dillinger. That was actually pretty fun. So I'm interested to see what they do with these three guys. Um, you know, hopefully uh, another faction can be in play in NXT to challenge 
maybe Undisputed Era, but no one's going to top Undisputed Era. It's not even close, and that's undisputed. Um, next, uh, there was this kind of a, a backstage video bit where the, a cameraman was interviewing, I guess, some fans about whether he'd, these fans had heard or were fans of various wrestlers. And then one of the fans says, oh, look over there. Camera pans, and there's Dakota Kai and Aaliyah arguing, yelling at each other. Lacey Evans uh, makes her way over there. She starts yelling, too. And then Deanna Parasso walks in and, and, and more or less says, uh, let's do something about it. Things simmer down. However, next week we will get a tag match, Dakota Kai um, and Deanna Parasso versus Aaliyah and Lacey Evans. Uh, next, we had Kyrie Sane in uh, Regal's office just wrapping up. Um, she was being interviewed about the Aleister Black attack. She leaves, in walks Cassius Ono. He's wearing a Cesaro kid shirt from back when Cesaro and Tyson Kidd were a tag team. I love that Cassius Ono. Every opportunity he gets, he will reference in some way the kings of wrestling. Hats off to Cassius Ono for that. Um, so he sits down and uh, Regal says, I really actually don't need to talk to you because uh, Kyrie Sane just gave me an alibi. So I, I don't need to know your story about what happened during the attack. Uh, at which point, Ono says, oh, you don't need to talk to me. And he segues into complaining about how uh, new talent coming into NXT keeps leapfrogging him in kind of the, uh, the card, so he's not getting the opportunities that he wants. And amongst this, they made a reference to a, a bro or something like that. And so I read something online, I want to say on Cade side seats somewhere, where they, they thought it might be Matt Riddle. Um, that's being referenced, and that could be uh, Cassius Ono's next feud and Matt Riddle's first feud in NXT, which I think would be pretty cool. Um, Cassius Ono's a great wrestler. Um, he's a great storyteller in the ring. He's a great promo guy. Um, Matt Riddle's awesome. Um, I'm not as sure about his promo abilities as I am his wrestling abilities, but if, if his, his mic skills can match up to his in-ring skills, he's going to go far. At least in NXT. Main roster, who knows what they're going to do with them. Uh, main event, Bianca Belair versus Nikki Cross. You get a drink of water real fast. Um, Nikki starts the match off playing some mind games on Bianca Belair, um, doing all sorts of weird uh, stuff to get inside Bianca's head, throw off her game. It works for a bit um, until uh, uh, Nikki gets uh, on Bianca's back with a sleeper. Uh, Belair reverses it into a backbreaker. And then we see uh, Bianca Belair's uh, impressive strength. She does a military press on Nikki Cross. She follows it up with a standing frog splash, misses, which allows Nikki to get the upper hand. And then they start brawling ringside all over the place. Um, uh, Belair sends Nikki into the ring steps, hits her with her braid. Um, Cross puts another sleeper on Belair. And then Bianca back drops her onto the ramp. Um, and then, which leads to a double countout. So technically, Bianca Belair is still undefeated because they, they, I guess it's essentially no contest at that point. Um, the brawl continues after the bell. They start brawling all the way around the ringside area and up the ramp and up into the crowd um, into the announced area. Bianca sends uh, Nikki Cross over the announce table. Um, Nikki Cross rises, leaps off Bianca, oh, sorry, leaps off the announce table and takes out Belair and a bunch of refs with a, a fun splash off the announce table. Uh, pretty fun spot. 
I'm excited that we're gonna get more of this. Um, just this little 10 minute match managed to showcase a lot of, uh, of each competitor's strengths. Um, be, I think this would be a really good first feud for Bianca Belair, first real feud. And this could very well be Nikki Cross's last serious feud in NXT because she should be in the main roster already. I don't know why she's not on main. It, it, it really boggles the mind. She should be up there with Sandy. But anyways, that was NXT. Fun show. Um, and it looks like we're going to get something pretty major with Pete Dunne versus Ricochet next week. That should be great. So now is the time where we open the floor to questions. So you got any questions? Send them my way. Where did I leave off? There we go. Planet Mars. Matt Riddle on 205 Live or NXT? He's going to NXT. He's not going to. No. He's, he's NXT, the main roster. Uh, Charlie Mercury. Uh, what's up, Larson? This will be an interesting show with no Steve here, and I'm all for it. Yeah, hopefully this is somewhat watchable and, and a bit listenable. Oh, look at this. Steven Larson's going in raw. I didn't leave this comment, so this must be Steve. He says, Adam Cole, baby. Good luck, buddy. I heart you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. I hope you're having a good time. I mean, everything you've been telling me sounds like you've had a blast. I'm happy for you. Have fun. Uh, Cody Miles, Steve, be careful laundering money like that. Alex C., if no Steve means more whiteboard than that SOB can stay in Florida. Also, here's some more money for the sock fund in Larson 4444 life. Uh, I think this gets it up to about seven pounds in sock bunny. So uh, I'm going to go this weekend and buy me some new socks. Thank you, Alex C. Uh, Dr. Bartholomew. Hey, Larson, you're doing a great job. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, Scorpio 2385. What's up, Larson? The man I'm going in raw is 30. Man, I'm going around. Is 33 kind of late to pursue a wrestling career? DDP was 35 or something like that when he started training. So I think if 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 you're passionate about it and it's something you really want to do, why the hell not? Why the hell not? Mario Cisternos, I believe you're onto something here, Larson. What a guaranteed pop from us. Want a guaranteed pop from us Aussies? Have Murphy win off Drew at Super Showdown protecting Cedric. Don't think they'll do a triple threat in Melbourne. I don't think so either. Um, and if the match, I think it's what has been announced, is Naomi and Asuka versus the Iconics, I don't really see the Iconics winning that match. Because right now, any match Asuka's in, she needs to be on the winning side of it. So if they want uh, someone from Australia to win a match, a major match, a Super Showdown, Buddy Murphy makes the most sense. And again, they can have a triple threat at Survivor Series. You know, whatever they want the end game to be with all that, have that happen. Um, whether it be put the belt back on Cedric or or put it or put it on Drew or keep it at, on Buddy, whatever the case may be, any of them, they're all three capable of being awesome champions. So, uh, and you know, another thing to think of too is is now that Drew has been popping up on Raw from time to time, um, maybe they want him with that cruiserweight title on Raw, even if he's not actively involved in stuff, and if he's just out there as member of heel locker room beating up uh, the Shield. It's more exposure for that cruiserweight title, so it could entirely it could happen. Totally. Let's go to the Patreon. So you got any questions over there? Uh, Horton here's a new writer. Who will be the next Elias? Someone who doesn't do much in NXT but becomes popular on main roster. Great question. <sighs> you know, if you'd asked me this like two weeks ago, I feel like I feel like I would have an answer. Because I have someone in mind. Hold on. Let me look up the NXT roster and I can give you an answer for that. Because I was just thinking about that not that long ago. 
One moment. Kona Reeve. All right, maybe not. I thought I had a name, but I guess not. My apologies. Next. Uh, Alex Foster, what would be your kryptonite in matches? Um, like if someone had a runny nose. Like, shoot, if they were sick. That might bother me. What is the top secondary title in WWE NXT right now? Oh, well, it's the Intercontinental title. I mean, that's basically the 1B to the Universal Titles 1A um, in the pecking order on Raw, at least. Um, and, you know, while Brock was champ, it was the top belt on Raw. So it's definitely the Intercontinental title. Uh, Charlie Mercury here on Patreon. Uh, first question here, too. If you could change or remix any NXT or 205 Live theme music, whose would it be? I like Cedric Alexander a lot. I think he's awesome. I've been a huge fan of his since Cruiserweight Classic. Still not really into his theme. Uh, Jason the Cabbie. Wow. How is it seemingly nobody has noticed Johnny Gargano apologizing to Regal with a catatonic look on his face after Aleister Black was attacked? Is he, was he having some sort of out-of-body experience is what you're suggesting, Jason the Cabbie? Because that's entirely possible. And his uh, non-denial a couple weeks back wasn't terribly convincing either. Um, so it could be. It could be he's the attacker. It's entirely possible. Anything's possible. Anybody else got any questions? Yeah, Street Profits will be a, a success on main, but I feel like they're pretty over in NXT right now. Uh, thoughts on Bound for Glory being sold out. That I means it's great for Impact. That's awesome. Um, I mean, I may not watch Impact, but I want them to succeed because any place where wrestlers can go and collect a paycheck and earn a living is great for those wrestlers in the wrestling industry. So I absolutely want Impact to succeed. You know what? I might actually have to watch a bit of Impact tonight because Steve's not here. Um, and I should have some sort of educated opinion on Impact stuff for the Saturday recap show. Oh, it's just dawning on me. I might have to watch Impact. Oh, dear. Michael Carlson, here to cheer me up. Not a question. Kaze Ninare. Thank you, Michael Carlson. I appreciate it. I really appreciate that. Check Patreon one more time. So if you have any more questions, I got the thread up super late. Nope, that's it there. So hopefully this went okay. Um, I won't be doing... Oh, this is a great question, Je Jeffrey Nguyen. Black leather Chuck Taylor is acceptable for a wedding. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Nick G, if you were an NXT ref, who would not... Who would want... Who would not want to have to get between Shayna or Nikki Cross? Oh, that... No, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, Half Demon 43, more whiteboard... If I have to watch Impact tomorrow, I might need multiple whiteboards. Uh, yeah, just to get through it all. I don't know. It's, you know, the things you got to do for work. Uh, 
All right, Michael Carlson. Here's the thing, though. If I didn't have family coming into town today, there was actually a pretty good chance I would probably watch Impact tonight. But since I, there's family in town, I actually might not get an opportunity to do it. So we'll see. Um, there is some Impact news, kind of, anyways, with uh, uh, Sammy Callahan kind of calling out uh, Chris Jericho. So, you know, that's another situation where I might have to eat some crow if Chris Jericho shows up on Impact. Ooh, ooh, don't let Steve hear that. Uh, Planet Mars, you want to be a guest on Mars TV? Yeah, I'll talk to Steve about it. Um, see if he can work something out. Thank you, Half Demon 43. Oh, yeah, Michael Andrews. New super kicks went up this morning um, about the Nike React Element 87. I tried to get the undercover collab today. I think, like a lot of people, struck out. However, I, uh, oh, Half Demon asked, why was super kick on Thursday? Because the uh, undercover um, collab got released today. Um, I thought people might be looking for Nike React Element 87. And then look, there's a new video about a shoe that popped up that's not that same shoe, but similar. So that's why. Jonathan, you should have put Steve head on the wall next to you. I thought about that. I thought about just getting a picture of Steve and putting it over his side of the screen. What will happen first, Larson watching Impact or Larson 2 Sweeting? Larson watching Impact will happen first. Dark Star Radio, thoughts on the Jericho cruise? It looks like a blast. I've been on a cruise before and I had a great time. Um, it's it's super expensive. And we've kind of already did our huge travel thing this year by going to StarCast and All In, so probably isn't going to happen, but it'd be fun. Some of the matches are having sound amazing too. Uh, Daniel Hamilton, is a solo show tiring? Oh, and watch Impact. It's not tiring. It just You just realize how hard it is to talk for 45 minutes to an hour when you're sitting here having to do it all by yourself. But it was okay. You know I did. I, I took really copious notes from the show, so I didn't skim over anything. So I tried to do. You know, I still feel like I got through the recap stuff super fast. I don't know. Oh, we got one more question. Uh, Mondo Volgare, what do you think of Ciampa not being in 2K19? Apparently NXT stars are allowed to decide whether or not they want to be in video games, so it seems likely he chose not to be included as a heel move if his tweet about it is anything to go by. If his tweet is true, and that's the shoot reason he's not in the game, it is absolutely brilliant, and I think it's fantastic. Um, that's kind of what I speculated when I heard he wasn't on the roster, because um, he was in last year's game if he wanted to be in this i mean if it's a situation where the where the, the, the decision was out of his hands i would expect him to be in this year's game too um considering uh you know kind of his standing in nxt the fact that he's not in it just leads me to believe that maybe all right maybe he's uh maybe you know what he's saying is uh, at least somewhat legit and that he chose not to do it in which case that's brilliant getting heel heat every way you can Good, do, good job, Tommaso Ciampa. Again, that's why he's best heel in the business. All right. I think that does it for us today. Um, again, I will be seeing you tomorrow with Luchando sitting right here, um, noon Pacific time. Um, until then, thank you, everybody, for joining me. Um, hopefully, mildly entertaining. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.